0: Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: This is the Rich Eisen Show. Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
0: I'm sitting here thinking, you're sticking with that mother...
1: Earlier on the show, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Fox Sports rules analyst, Mike Pereira. Co-host of The Room, Jordan Palmer. Coming up, co-creator of the AMC series, Better Call Saul. Vince Gilligan. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Can confirm. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show, I am sitting here on our set here on YouTube as well as our terrestrial radio network, Coast to Coast. We say hello to our Odyssey listeners and then those who are listening on our podcast version. Whenever you're darn well, please, because it is your God-given right to do that sort of thing right here. Uh, on this very busy Monday, we say hello to all of, uh, everyone out there. And uh, we are thrilled to have here in studio... Once again, the very first in-studio guest in the history of this program, Chris Brockman. We were zero days old when this man first stopped by in October in 2014. And now he is here on a very busy day in the middle of an incredible stretch. Uh, just one week after the finale of an incredible television show, Better Call Saul, the writer, director, and co-creator of that show, as well as the creator of Breaking Bad, Vince Gilligan, here on the program. Good to see you uh, here, Vince.
2: Great to see you, Rich. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> Round of applause
1: for sure. Um, let's get into it here. Uh, how did you um, find the finale? What is The reaction to your work, Vince is what it seems.
2: Anecdotally, it seems seems really good. I never looked that stuff up. I just it just it would it's sort of like a rabbit hole. You would disappear down. Right. You know, I, I feel like, but I I hear people seem to, to, to like it, so I'm very happy about that. Well, as
1: you might imagine, people have opinions. Um, <laughs> our our opinion here is I thought it was fantastic, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. Wow. I said it with you outside of the room as well. well. Thank you. How long did you and Peter Gould and the rest of your staff and the rest of your team and the rest of your uh, co-creator uh, Peter Gould, when, yeah. when did, how long in, in advance did you know about the finale? That you mapped it out. How well, long ago was had, it? Well, we had
2: we were lucky. We had about thirteen months in the writers' room. Right, I think is what it was. We had the longest time we've ever had. Uh, maybe it was more. Uh, partly because of COVID. Partly because it takes us forever uh, to, to to figure this stuff out. But we didn't know the ending at the beginning of that thirteen months. We were kind of figuring it out as we went, as as always. So probably. I don't know. A couple of months before we wrote that last one, we had it figured out. A couple of weeks, maybe. A couple of weeks. Huh? Well, it, all the little details, I guess. It It took us, took us, you know, it takes a while. It takes a while to figure all this stuff
1: out. Well, and again, I, I just kind of give a, a little heads up, and you were kind enough uh, in the back of, uh, in our back green room to give me the green light as well you consider a week is enough of time period to start talking about spoilers are In, you you, you fine know what with that? i
2: guess anybody who's uh watching who hasn't seen it yet just maybe well i don't want to tell, tell everybody my to turn out to turn up, now, I, know, I understand, I don't do understand that. if
1: they do yeah. i understand if they would um and then you know then return to this conversation later on because i just thought the ending was perfect oh, because you know because there's you know ways that either a he would completely get away with it or B, he would wind up like Walter White. Spoiler alert: dead on a floor. Right. Right. Um, but him being incarcerated yeah. and having to pay his debt to society, okay. which he particularly personally worsened. Because he copped to it himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I guess he wanted to impress Kim Wexler? Is that what he wanted I to think do, he or wanted redeem to himself?
2: Tone. I think he wanted to atone. I think okay. there's a certain amount of redemption. The way we saw it, there's a little bit of uh, Dickens' A Christmas Carol. There's a little bit of redemption in there, self-redemption. And, and uh, I think he wanted to atone for his his guilt, and he wanted to basically apologize. He did it on a very operatic way that wound up uh, spoiler alert yeah. uh, that uh, he was going to get seven years in the penitentiary. Instead, he gets 86, but, <laughs> right. but he seems to be doing okay at the end. He's he's, you know, he's, making, he's doing the same job he was doing at the Cinnabon. You know, that's for, right. Yeah. you saw
1: the way that the yeah. the dough was being needed. Yeah, by the same machine. machine
2: and everything. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's obviously purposeful that you would do that sort of well, thing. Well,
2: it right? just it's yeah, one of those ironic things that he winds up doing the same job in in the federal pen in Colorado that he was doing uh, at the Cinnabon in Omaha. Can yeah.
1: you walk me through what were some of the other ideas that you had but discarded for the end of the show?
2: I wish I had some good ones for you, Rich. I, it all it's like we didn't really. I mean, you know, you talk about everything, but I had some good ones for you for Breaking Bad. Right. Uh, but uh, I don't remember that many this time around. It just felt like he needed to go to prison. It, it you know, Walter White died. Jesse Pinkman rode <laughs> off into the sunset, uh, went to Alaska, and uh, and I uh, hopefully he got away with it. That's the guy that got away. Here's hoping. Knock on wood. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jimmy really felt like he, you know, he needed to, uh, to, to, to go to go to prison because and probably because he's a lawyer. That felt like the most uh, uh, proper way to, to, you know, the legal aspect of it, you know, getting going into the system felt felt right. So I don't I can't really remember any uh, other good ones. Chris, you have a
0: <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. Vince, uh, was there any thought of having him take the deal, do the seven and be done with it? <laughs>
2: You know what? It felt it actually felt uh bad. That was kind
0: of such a fun scene of him in front yeah. of the FBI and negotiating yeah. and hey, yeah. I got this, I got this. Yeah. Wait a minute, I want the ice cream. Yeah. Like was there any thought of that being the end? No, because we wanted to
2: prove he could do it. We really wanted to prove he was the best lawyer. Mm. Uh and, and was was able to uh to to basically you know, uh, win in in with this amazing uh, uh, bunch of legal talent. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, uh, arrayed against him, he was nonetheless able to to you know uh, uh, pull this off. So once he once we proved to aud- the audience and he proved himself, he could beat all these other guys, these heavy hitters at their own legal game. Then we felt like now he's he's kind of he's kind of got I I don't know. It sounds very. You know, Judeo-Christian, you know, whatever, you know, uh, uh morality, whatever. But you know, it just felt like he he kind of had to he had to pay for his sins. Yeah, I thought like it was cool uh, it.
0: that he pointed out that <laughs> the guy he was going up against, the FBI prosecutor, had never lost. I feel like right. that was kind of an important yeah note there. And then he's like, "Well, watch this. Watch yeah, what yeah. I'm about to do." Vince yeah, yeah. Gilligan
1: here on the Rich Eisen show, and <clears throat> I appreciate you bearing with me as I just suddenly lost my voice right there, right here on the Rich Eisen show. So. You didn't consider killing him off. You didn't. That that wasn't an idea that you had. Yeah, yeah. You just you thought? Know,
2: just uh, I don't know that anybody wants to see that. And our character of Lalo uh, always called him uh, La Cucaracha. You know, he's the cockroach. The cockroach yeah. And, and a, what does a cockroach do? A cockroach survives. And it just it felt it felt like it was appropriate that he that he that he
1: lived well it's interesting that you bring up lalo because i think that's one of the many many brilliant aspects of better call saul is the characters you created just for this show just for this show and lalo salamanca is one of the i mean that he was just uh tony dalton the actor right? tony dalton he was just remarkable and obviously kim wexler that you you created Kim, and then one of the aspects about Better Call Saul that I was wondering how you would finish it up was, did she exist during the Breaking Bad era? Like, was she on the planet? Did she exist? Yeah, And she did. She yeah, yeah. She, she she absolutely did. Yeah. And I thought that was, why did you choose those paths for, for the Kim Wexler We didn't character? want to kill
2: her off either. We love Ray Seahorn. She is just the, the sweetest, funniest, uh, just most charming person in real life. Uh, she's such a and she's such a wonderful actor and she's just fantastic it would you know and it was funny peter and i would get questions for years on end. Yes. Just, you're not going to oh man you're not going to kill off kim you're not going to kill her off and right. we'd go well you just have to watch and we had no intention ever of killing her off well
1: you had either. to leave it open ended right yeah yeah
2: but you know but it's and you know you don't want to ruin anything for people so we were a little bit uh, we were coy to the point of being a little bit uh, uh, you know, a little bit sadistic,
1: maybe. Well, you see, it was just, for those who know Breaking Bad, and obviously that's most everyone that's watching Better Call Saul, you're wondering how somebody who is so sweet on Kim Wexler and is somebody who whose moral compass always was found deep within the garbage, right. you know, in his world, yeah. because of the way he felt about her right. and the way she kind of, yeah. you know, before she started, I guess... Uh, uh, I guess acting in with him um, that how that guy could be Saul Goodman watching Breaking Bad. But as it turns out, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, tore him apart in a way where he might've just thrown himself into the dark side completely. Is that a fair way of looking at it?
2: Very fair, very astute way of looking at it. He, to us, he became Saul Goodman as a, as a sort of an FU to, uh, to, to, you know, just oh, so you you won't be with me. So you 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 know, we're bad together. We're bad for the universe. We're bad for all the people around us. I'll show you bad. And it was just this self-defeating, weird caricature that he became. He he uh, kind of hardened into this this legal caricature and and. That was It took us forever to figure that out, once we finally figured that out. The, the, the question Peter Gould would always ask, which yes. is a great question, is he would say at the beginning of the, of the run of the series, he would say, what is the problem that becoming Saul Goodman solves? And it was a twofold answer, I guess it was if you build this armor around you, if you're this, this, this legal caricature, I keep calling him, uh, then you don't have any, you don't feel anymore. You're not, you're not worried about things. You're happy go lucky and, and nothing really matters. So right. it's kind of an armor and it's also kind of a, kind of a screw you to, to the world. And, and you know, when we thought, when we realized that we realized we, you know, we don't want to see this guy end like this. We want to see him redeem himself. And that's, that's, where the ending comes from, really.
1: Yeah, and then <clears throat> why shoot the uh, current day in black and white? Why'd you make that decision?
2: We wanted something that, uh, we love black and white. Peter, Peter used to teach, uh, uh, was a film professor at USC Film School, yes. and I, I'm a film geek. We're both film geeks, and we both love old film noirs. So black and white just looks good to us. Uh, maybe not everybody, but, but we're old school and we right. love it. And also it was a way of quickly differentiating the, the past from the present. The past was in color, uh, Jimmy and then he becomes Saul Goodman, and then the present is uh is is Gene Takovic, the, the character that he becomes, the yes. guy that works in Omaha at the Cinnabon.
1: Right. Yeah. And and just becomes a guy who slips back into who he was, yeah. slipping Jimmy one more time. Exactly. He gets right back into that. Yeah. Why did he get back in like what what I guess is the reason why? Because Kim rejected him on his birthday when he calls him from the payphone. Like, why Why do you think he...
2: He's very self-destructive. I think it's a lot of that is what you just said. And he's right. just got this itch that he just can't scratch. He just, you know, I... I'm, and by the way, nothing wrong with working on a Cinnabon in real life. You know, but no, no, all the folks, no, no, I No, no, I know you're not saying it. And I'm saying to all the folks who are like, hey, why does my job suck so bad? I'm, we're not <laughs> no, saying right. it does. Right. It's not, it doesn't. But, uh... uh but he's just this guy who really, you know, he, he, the, what was the old expression in, uh, in, in heat, you know, the juice is worth the squeeze. You know, he, he, he was in it for the, he was in it for the, you know, he's in it for the juice, I guess. He's in it for the, 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 the high he got from scamming. And, and also, yeah, at that last bit there, he's just, he's just angry at the world. He's angry at himself. He's angry at her. I think ultimately he's angry at himself and he's, becomes very self-destructive he's it's like he's trying to get caught in that second to last episode i think
1: i guess the last i mean and it's interesting how he's trying to get caught and then he gets caught breaking into a man's house who has cancer yeah and the line he says to one of his accomplices who refused to do that job because the guy had cancer he goes what an a-hole A guy with cancer can't be an a-hole. Yeah, yeah. And for all the Breaking Bad fans, it's just like, what a line. (laughs) That basically his history with Walter White causes him to have such an animus against this poor guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's what causes him to get caught.
2: Yeah, yeah. i mean
1: how do you think about that i know that's i think i know that's a grand question just like, how do you think about that how did you come up with that sort of stuff man
2: i'm so i love that you you dug it we're into it i I know i love it i I, I, appreciate it guys and uh it's just it's 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 not the most interesting answer but the truest answer is it just takes it it's a takes a village i mean i i didn't think all this stuff by myself I, i half the time I'm in the room and everybody else is saying, what if this, what if that? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm a beat behind. But it's it's a group effort, and it, it, it takes a whole bunch of us, and it takes a lot of time. It took months and months. Luckily, Sony and AMC gave us that time, our, our studio and our network, and they allowed us. Because you know, back when I worked on network TV, it was great. I got to work on the X Files for seven years. I love that job. Mm-hmm. But you were running for your life. It's like, uh, you know, it's like on the it's like on, uh, I Love Lucy and uh, Lucy she's and Ethel yeah, with the, with the, the chocolates. chocolates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just you're just you're you're just putting out the best you can put out in that very finite time period. This this was so luxurious having all this time to. And then you just game it out. You say, what if we do this? And you think about it. And you think about it. And then you say, two days later, you say, no, nah, that's not going to work because of this. And You're trying to be a chess player. You're trying to game it out right. 12, 20 moves in advance. Trouble for me is I'm not much of a chess player. But well,
1: anyway. yeah. did you ever were you ever told by anybody? Again, you've had such an amazing amount of success, maybe not, by anyone at AMC? Because the burn was really slow in the very beginning of it your was. series, where I, I honestly thought... It was going to be like a whole bunch of Breaking Bad people right off the bat, and it was its own narrative. It was its own show, which is terrific, and it was great. And you you had us at hello, and you kept us all the way through all those years. But did you ever get anybody saying, "Where's Where's the Breaking Bad in this thing?" Did that ever come across your? These guys
2: have been great to work for. I gotta say, I'm not just saying it because you know that's what you do on TV. You know, but they're really we're a great bunch of guys. They really didn't push us. And I've been pushed before in the past uh, on, on shows and, and, you know, uh, right. And, and it's a better feeling when they let you, you know, they let you do your thing. And then it's, but then the, the flip side of that is you can't complain afterward when it doesn't work. Like, well, they let us do what we
1: wanted. So then why did you do it that way?
2: It just felt right. It just felt like the way to go. And it you know, and I I think a lot of people did tune out. I again anecdotally, I'm yes. sure I, I hear a lot of people saying, eh, it was too slow, it started off too slow. And I think you just nailed it what it was. It was there wasn't enough breaking bad in it from the get-go. And we we didn't sit down and, and write out a show Bible and say, Here's what we're not gonna do. We're not gonna have breaking bad in there, we're gonna make it slow. You just you do know, it's more organic than that. You just sort of sit down and you say Where's this? Who is this guy? Right now, he's well. He's this uh, hard-charging young wannabe. I mean, he's a lawyer, but he's he wants to have success. He's, he's he's scrappy. He's an underdog. You know, you you just sort of the story takes you where it takes you, and and the chips fall where they may. And in this case, luckily, uh, nobody pushed us that hard uh, at, at at AMC or Sony to to make it go fast.
1: Is it true the first original idea was half-hour comedy, not an hour? Yeah,
2: long? we did. We talked about it. Really? There was a show. I'm getting the name wrong. What was it, Dr. Dr. Katz? There was an animated. Sure, uh, that's co- it. it was a really funny show. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, uh, comedians coming on talking to a psychiatrist about their problems. We thought very <laughs> derivative of that excellent show. We were saying, why why can't it be then? You know, not 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 animated, but why can't it be? You know, people walk into Saul Goodman's you know iconic office, and it's we could get a bunch of comics. We could get you know all these great. Uh, Folks coming in with their legal issue, and we, we literally talked about that for a week or two. Uh, Peter and I. And really? Yeah, we did. because we, because we sold this thing. This is like like people out there, you know, scrapping trying to get a show sold. They're like, right. God, I hate this story. You know, they're thinking <laughs> watching this, but I don't blame them. But it was when Breaking Bad ended, we could kind of we were lucky we could write our own ticket, particularly if if you know what we wanted to do next had right. to do with that world. And we said, yeah, let's do Better Call Saul. And everybody said, great. And then Peter and I, once we signed on the dotted line, we thought, oh, man, what are we doing now? What, what is this show? Well, I remember, so,
1: you, you again, you were kind of up to Vince Gilligan here on The Rich Eisen Show, our first in-studio guest when we first... Turn the lights on yeah. in the studio, and you would just come, Chris. Right? not you say you would just come from uh, the writers' room, yeah, right? Just uh, come from season one writers' writer, room, right? better yeah. call Saul. Yeah. It was so, a
0: thirty-minute interview turned into ninety. Yeah, I <laughs> know. It's
1: pretty much what you. <laughs> no. it's pretty much what what you were doing, yeah. and so you know, I I totally understand why you know you would be able to bat around some ideas, but uh, clearly I think you landed on the right one in that in that, yeah, this was the the one character, right? Like, yeah. did, did you was it another character that you were thinking of maybe going, or was it always Saul from the very beginning? It was we Bob Odenkirk, it was Saul, and that well, was it from the yeah, beginning. Yeah,
2: you know what it was? It, it, we, we weren't really thinking of a spinoff. It's just, it was so much fun. I think the very first time anyone floated the idea it was one of our crew people on the set, and it was probably only... It was in Breaking Bad. It was maybe only an episode or two after Saul had first appeared. It might have been in season two of Breaking Bad. And one of our crew folks, uh, one of our grips or gaffers, said, "You know, when you guys are doing the Saul Goodman spinoff, you really need to." And everybody laughed. We all laughed. But the joke became—it's kind of planted a seed in our heads, and we thought, "You know, that would be fun to do a spinoff." We we weren't really thinking. We—it wasn't—it wasn't this logistical kind of. Gee, what we need to do next is spin somebody off. Who do we pick? We just it kind of naturally grew from wanting to keep the crew together, uh, thinking Bob, Bob's character is just fun to write. He's just yeah. plain fun, you know. And and it really kind of sprung from that kind of a, you know, very uh, relaxed and and, and uh you know nobody was thinking that far ahead it was that 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 disorganized a beginning really. well
1: i mean two things leap to mind number 1 cuz that allows you to have as many characters from the breaking bad world if you yeah. set it when you set it which yeah. is behind the you know you know back story yeah. leading up to the breaking bad world and then have some black and white about what happens to him once he now that he is on the run right. under a new identity just brilliant that you could do that and then number 2 is Brian Cranston came on the show a few years ago to promote his book, uh, A Life in Parts. Yeah. And we talked to him about the the uh, character, uh, Tim Watley, who he played yeah. the dentist, the dentist. Yeah. on Seinfeld. Yeah. And the scene where he took a hit of the laughing gas himself right. before administering it to Jerry. Right. And that was an ad lib that he did suggested to him by a member of the crew, uh, similar to what you just said. Wow. Yes, he told that story. Like the lighting guy or something. Like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so somebody suggests, you know what would be funny is yeah. you're the dentist. You take a hit of it yourself. And yeah. he's like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. And, and then he said he did that and the whole crew broke up. And then yeah. he looked at the lighter, lighting guy and the lighting guy the goes, hm. yeah. you know, like, hey. <laughs> and, he, and he used a phrase that we use here all the time, yeah. best idea wins. Oh, yeah. He uses that. Yeah. He's, we use that phrase yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing that that's how yeah. Better Call Saul first got planted in your brain. It, it
2: is, and and by the way, we the funniest line we ever had on Breaking Bad came from one of our one of our grips. Which is what? I to me, my favorite. Okay. Everyone's got a favorite, sure. but it was an episode called Four Days Out. It was it was uh, uh, Walt and Jesse are are cooked uh, did this marathon cook in their RV, and now the battery's dead in their RV. They're thirty miles from nowhere. They're 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 dying. They're they're dehydrating. They've run out of water. Yes. And Jesse says, Come on, you're a scientist. You gotta figure this out. We got these spare parts. You could build a dune buggy or you could build a robot or and 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 you know, and, and, and Walt says I forget some of the dialogue, but yeah. Walt winds up saying, You you gave me the idea. And in the original script, you gave me the idea. We're gonna build a battery and we're mm-hmm. gonna and and one of her one of her and we had finished the day we had wrapped for the day oh boy. and and uh, one of the, one of the grips said you know would be funny if you said you gave me the idea yourself and Jesse goes a robot <laughs> and it made everybody laugh on the set and talk about talk about a group effort not only did this wonderful crewman come up with this line but Michelle McLaren, our director of that episode mm-hmm. looked around and said we got to get that turn and, the machines back on literally Kind of fibbed, all right. Flat out lied to our to our uh, to our producer. Said uh, we had a we had an issue. We had a hair in the gate. Luckily, back then we we're shooting film. You right. should get away with that. We had a we, had a, hair, do we had a that hair now. in the no, can't you can't. Now no, they're they're on to you now. <laughs> Great, but yeah. uh, we got a hair in the gate. Oh crap! We got to do that last one. And he did the line. It's in the episode. My personal favorite line in the whole series.
1: Best idea wins. Yeah, yeah. and it's. Cranston said that. I'll yeah. never forget that line. And
2: that's the way it should be. And it's not always that. What I mean. Not every show is that way. Sometimes it's kind of rigid, and sometimes sure. showrunner says, oh, "Nah, it's got to be my way." And I always think, ah, "Poor you! That's like uh, that's you are missing out on so much greatness uh, by not listening to to your crew, to the people, or to the people around you. They're, they're they're full of great ideas, and best ideas should always win." I think. I
1: yeah. love it, Vince Gilligan here on the Rich and show. Let's take a break. When we come back here, uh, we're gonna uh, on the YouTube. We're gonna show a clip Uh, of Better Call Saul from uh, the second to last episode which you wrote and directed it's brilliant and then we'll talk a little bit more and then we'll take some people's phone calls after Vince takes off we're back here in a moment right here on the Rich Eisen Show Battle Creek, Michigan. 1963, Kellogg's and Post, sworn serial rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. And again, we're back here on our terrestrial radio outfit talking to uh, Vince Gilligan about the scene where Ray Seahorn is uh, finally realizing what Kim Lex... I mean, talk about she was just wound tight. Even her hair was wound tight. You know, her hairstyle yeah. yeah, yeah, all yeah. those years just wound yeah. tight and that, right. that tight ponytail. You know, and so here she is now letting it all out. Yeah. And I just love the way that she's just sitting there and you could see like she's just thinking of it, yeah. shaking her head yeah. as you sometimes think of I can't believe I did that. Like yeah. that's the international yeah. symbol of I can't believe this happened. Exactly. And then it just boom yeah. comes out of her crying hysterically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, it's
2: it's 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 ultimately a good thing. It's cathartic. It's like and I and we had that discussion. She's she works so hard and she makes it look so easy, but all the greats who all the greats make it look, look easy, but all I think most of the greats. Uh, you know, they're really you don't see you don't see the blood, sweat, and tears. And she was thinking about it and, and, and writing notes about it and working on it for days and weeks leading up to it. We talked a lot about it, and I, I said, you know, it's it's sadness, it's 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 a, just this great well of, of of regret and 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 despair. But it's also kind of cathartic. It also feels kind of good to let it out. And I think you see both of that and 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 the, both those emotions in that scene.
1: Spectacular. Yeah. Just spectacular! Yeah, how Vince, dare you make her do it a second time? I
0: yeah, know. You terrible. mentioned uh, not not ever wanting to kill off Kim's character. Yeah. Thank you for that. I don't think we would have been able to handle it. But uh, one person who didn't make it out was Howard Hamlin. Did you always have this end in sight for Howard and uh, and Patrick fabian has yeah. been on here this show multiple about, times yeah. by He's the way. Was going to be at the hands of Lalo. Was it always going to be like that?
2: You know, you guys would be amazed. Everybody would be amazed how. Because you know, I I I take it as the highest compliment. You guys ask questions like that. They're yeah. like, oh, and you must have had that figured out way in advance. The beginning of of it all, Howard Hamlin was the bad guy, and that was our right. intention. When I, I'm talking at the beginning of right. season one, he yes. was he was the bad guy. He seemed like the obvious choice for bad guy. This good-looking, handsome, you know pulled together, always everything, you know, you never, never a hair out of place. With the so,
1: namaste license yeah, plate, yeah, otherwise. Just like, you're, and the tie you're, bar.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're just, uh, the pump is primed for you to hate this guy. And then we realized, wait a minute, the bad guy, the more interesting bad guy is Chuck McGill, played by the amazing Michael McKeon. Right. Uh, and have him be the bad guy. Uh, Jimmy's own brother. Right. So you figure this stuff out as you go, I guess, is the short answer. And, and... I, I don't know when we came up with him, him dying, but it felt like if Kim and Jimmy are really sticking it to to, to to Howard, there needs to be some consequence they don't see coming. That's kind of the way you kind of do the calculus. When I did in, like, scream
1: out loud. I didn't cool, see it coming.
2: It was, it was, was I didn't see it coming either. Yeah.
1: I did not see it coming yeah. either. And, again, I'm just – again, you know – Ray had so much of of her character doing some bad stuff and bad stuff happening for her to start thinking about it in her head. I'd love to get into her process. That really was unbelievable. She'd be
2: great on this show. I'm sure she'd love to.
1: Anybody from your world is welcome here, that's for sure. Vince Gilligan here, a few more minutes left with the co creator and writer and director of Better Call Saul. All right, let's get into it. So uh, you got, how many, d- it looked like you got a couple days with Brian Cranston and Aaron yeah, Paul. Yeah, we got, we got a, okay. a couple days with them. Did yeah. you, did, did you only got a couple scenes out of them I mean, yeah. w- you know, one together yeah. and then one separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Why, why did you have Aaron Paul connect with Kim? What was that? Because you could have, yeah. I mean, you could have connected any dots yeah. you wanted, yeah. and these are the dots that you connected. Yeah. Um, so just, what do you got for me on that front? I don't have a
2: great answer other than okay. it just felt good. It just felt right. And we love, I mean, I just love those two. And and both of those characters on their individual shows, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, they were characters we didn't realize when we hired them both, respectively, for the both shows. We didn't realize how important they were going to be to both of their individual series. We didn't know, you know... I've told this story many times, but but Jesse Pinkman, we were gonna kill him off at the end of season one. And season one was only gonna be nine episodes of Breaking Bad. And we were gonna kill him off because I figured dumbly that uh you know he he will have fulfilled his his utility to the plot. He would have he would have gotten Walter White into this world of criminality, and then once that was done, you don't need him anymore. That was so short sighted. And then of course he winds up being, you know, integrally important to of course. breaking band. And the same goes for, uh, for, for Ray's character, Kim Wexler. She's just, there wouldn't be, I don't think we would have had as much love, as many viewers, as much ink written about the show if it, if it weren't for this character, Ray. She's just fantastic. And, and so just seeing those two together, the, both number two on the call sheet, you know, so to speak. Yeah, There it together, is outside of
1: Saul yeah. Goodman's office sharing yeah. smoke. Yeah. yeah. I feel
2: so bad that night.
1: It was, was it really pouring? It oh,
2: cool. no, it wasn't pouring. Okay. It was, uh, that's all fake rain, uh, okay. courtesy of Werner Handlein, our wonderful special effects okay. genius. But it was miserable. To, it's just as miserable as a real thing to shoot in, I can uh, tell you that. Sure. But uh, it, um, it, was, it was months ahead of when the, the whole rest of the script was written because it was the small window we had to get Aaron Paul. And he was such a trooper. It's uh, just, just peeing down rain, all fake <laughs> rain, but still, peeing down rain all night. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> And he does not smoke. Uh, I think he used to in, in real life. But I said, you know, I just, I got to have a reason for you two to be standing there talking as long as you are because it, I, the vibe from her, rightly so, is that she's not going to spend a lot of time here talking with you. So you Well, she have just
1: signed divorce papers exactly. and she kind of wants to get out <laughs> yeah. of there.
2: And he's kind of yeah. looking her up and down like, man, you're pretty milfy, you know. And, and
1: uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is, she is. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, uh, the uh, you know it, it, he was smoking these clove cigarettes, and he was he was such a trooper. I didn't even know this until late in the night. He he would do the scene. We you know you do a great many takes, especially when like me, you know you're making people do it more than once. And he would go inside, and I think he might have even have thrown up. He had such a migraine from these awful oh. of oh. fake cigarettes and and it was he was such a trooper i didn't even know it until one of, until my ad said you know do you have to do another one yeah, he's really off. suffering and uh, he's he's such he's the like the, the sweetest guy in the world in well,
1: and then there's the scene where it's walter white and jesse pinkman yeah. back together yeah. in the rv yeah, yeah. with saul goodman in there yeah. and the rv's not starting and yeah. just the, the byplay between <laughs> yeah. jesse and walter it was just so delicious to see yeah. the two the derision yeah. and the anger yeah. and you know the odd buddy buddy aspect of it yeah. just back one more time with the rv not starting right. Why, why'd yeah. you why'd you decide to utilize that moment It just you know it it just because again you only had a small window with these guys and I just wanted to understand what your choices were with getting these guys back on screen. I
2: think in that case and that episode was written and directed by Tom Schnaus. I think my one of my maybe my oldest friend in the world who I'm still in touch with uh, on a regular basis. He and I met at uh, NYU Film School and he just crushed it as he always does writing and directing. That was a great episode and I think we were thinking, you know, we need to see how quickly. Uh, this character of, of Saul Goodman kind of takes charge uh, of this situation. You know, he's on his knees with a gun to his head. These guys are about to kill him, uh, or at least they're threatening to. I don't know if they would have done it. And then suddenly he turns things around, and, and it feels by the end of the scene, that, you know, you, you guys, you two clowns work for me. And that felt like the right time to to plant that flag. And having said that, the truth was more complicated it, I think Saul Goodman did live in fear of, of Walter White especially yeah. toward the end. I think everybody on earth, not everybody on earth, everybody in that world did. But uh but yeah, there was a time there where Saul is the consigliere who is uh kind of in charge of the operation and and saying, "Why should you know, do it this way, don't do that, and you'll get caught." And he, he there wouldn't have been as he says in that last episode of Better Call Saul, there wouldn't have been a Heisenberg without me. And I think there is some truth to that there's
1: no question yeah and then of course the the scene in the finale where walter white is there with saul goodman and they're you know on the process of going on the lamb and we all know walter decides not to do that and we that's the way breaking bad winds up ending the fact that the question about who saul goodman is deep down inside yeah. and jimmy mcgill and why how he became saul goodman and and the question for this entire series was why why was he like this yeah for walter white to be given the line to reveal essentially what's going on where where saul reveals about the slip and jimmy story and he turns to him and he says so you've always been like this yeah (laughs) and i just was blown away i'm like that you that you guys build up to this slow burn to have Walter White deliver that line <laughs> is unbelievable. And the shot the shot that that Peter set up from yeah. down below, he just walks into the frame yeah. and delivers that line. Yeah. It's so great, man. I'm getting goosebumps just oh, even freaking talking you about you it. I'd, you know, it's really, it, and again, I'm just wondering, like, did you specifically set this thing up to have Walter White deliver that line when it's all said and done? Because he, he reveals the answer at the very end you know that
2: peter peter wrote that line in there and uh peter wrote and directed that episode yeah. and i you know we we plot these things out together as yeah. a team of writers yes. but not every detail not every not every uh granule in this yes. in this uh you know is 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 a group effort and i don't remember maybe we did talk about that in the writer's room but it's just as likely if not more likely peter just came up with that okay. when he was writing it
1: yeah. it's brilliant yeah, I mean, brilliant. that's the answer. Yeah, <laughs> like there, you, there's no escaping it. You've you've always you've always been like this. So uh, I guess before I let you go, Vince, is what is next? What can you tell me about what is next? I want to keep I
2: gotta I better keep the pedal to the metal because I'm not getting any younger. And I and I kind of wanna. I love this world of, of of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, but I kind of feel like I gotta. I gotta try something new. I gotta prove to myself I'm not, uh, you know, kind of a one trick pony. So I am, I've got a new project. It'd be, it'll be a, if it, knock on wood, uh, we're pitching it this week, actually. And if it, if it, uh, if it goes, uh, it'll be a TV series. It has nothing to do with Breaking Bad, nothing to do with Better Call Saul. Um, and it's not really, it does not center on an anti-hero. It centers more on someone who has got, got some issues, got some, you know, uh, got, got some rough edges, but is essentially trying to be heroic. So I, I'm being a little coy. No, I understand it.
1: that, and I, I don't want to pin you down to something that you don't want to answer. But I, I I am reading about it. is it science fiction? Related? And it
2: is. To me, it's yeah, and I I grew up loving science fiction. Well, I mean, and, you're, and, and, you said you X Files for seven years. Yeah, and I would call this this will appear when people watch it or read it. It'll they'll say it's science fiction. To me, it's more allegorical, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I it, yeah, it'd be safe to say it's uh, science fiction.
1: Okay, so then uh, do you think we have seen the last of the Breaking Bad? Saw world then, Vince.
2: Uh, you know, never say never. I uh I uh I, I don't have any I mean not a scintilla of plans to do anything else with any of any of that world right now as we record this. But you know, if I get my ass handed to me with this oh, new show, come on, I'm you know, like, oh man, you know, baby
1: needs Return a new Return to home base, new, re- new mortgage, retreat. Come know. on, <laughs> no, come on now, man. Kim Wexler, <laughs> attorney at law. Come on, I'm, I mean, honest, I mean, she is. The, the, is I mean, the, Florida.
0: What... She's starting to it do, She's doing all the stuff down there now. Yeah, like, yeah. we can she, do this. I mean, her her she's...
1: bar her bar license is not expired. That's the way she's going to be. I guess going to visit Jimmy for she, for one Back
0: yeah. steakhouses. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, she's hanging out at the better call Saul
1: meets raising Arizona we, we pop him out of prison I don't know I mean
2: we got such a embarrassment of riches when it comes to these characters I mean you know Mike Trout, uh, Gustavo Fring uh, it'd be interesting to see more of what was happening with Lalo before you know okay. but, uh, I mean it,
0: uh, but, but I haven't now said that I don't know prequel could, a Lalo prequel there's Lalo, so many more seasons yeah, could. we could do. I think you, you, you could, would have you I
1: think you would have every fan that you have and there are many of them Lalo That's cartel world. I think you would be all in on that. I I, mean, it it, Lalo leading up because you're opening up the. Here I am. I'm pitching you now. I I mean, the Salamanca world. um, Obviously, the Fring world. You're. You you can go in any direction that you want. Right there, he's. You could. By he's the way, amazing. he'd be
2: great in his show. He's he's so charming. He's such a great... Tony Dalton is such a good guy. Oh my gosh. And he's
1: so... He is he is That just, smile has yeah, got all yeah, sorts no. of evil yeah, yeah, yeah. to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it might be warm in real life, but when, he's, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's, when he's Lalo a, yeah. showed those pearly whites, yeah, it was yeah. bad news usually for somebody, so... He was
2: so smart and so confident the way Tony was, the way yeah. he played Lalo. He... Yes because you know he could literally you know that's a character that's so evil so chaotically Where you're like so, twirling you know, the mustache like the mustache. somebody's
1: tied to the tracks yeah 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 but right. he
2: he was so smart to play it so the reverse of that he's just he's like just, suave like yeah. the most
1: interesting man in the world yeah. you
2: know he, and he's, and he's he has no trouble killing people as we've yeah. seen time and time again <laughs> on the show but it's and he doesn't he doesn't not enjoy it but he's not Cartoonish about it. He's he's just like he's a guy you want to have a beer with, but God forbid you cross that <laughs> Yeah,
1: you better pick up way. the tab. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You better yeah, you, yeah. you
1: don't don't stiff him with the tab. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I could keep on asking you questions. I know, me rubber, too. I have so
0: many questions. Like just one lastly. So the the only color in the black and white world was at the end with yeah. the flame. Like yeah. obviously that's intentional. But what does that signify to you? Like what was the kind of the meaning behind it? To that? me,
2: and we had a little color in the episode before when he's when he when he's looking at himself in the uh, in the you see the. You is looking at the laptop screen. Carol, Carol Burnett. By oh, the no uh, way, we could talk another hour about Carol I wouldn't Burnett. I would not even bring um, her up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's, she's the best. But to me, that you know, that's a good, good catch. The the little bit of uh, color in the end of the cigarette, at the very, the very last episode. To me, that's that's hope. That is hope. Not that he's necessarily going to get out of prison. Although I don't know if they. If they keep you in for 86 years, really, hopefully not, you know, with good behavior, maybe, yeah. maybe it's the him, him maybe maybe with the joke, good behavior. Good behavior. Yeah. Him. I, don't I don't know, know, know. about him. Good know. behavior. Well, Vince. they just let out uh, with the dude who shot uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I mean, Hinkley's you know. out of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: So if Hinkley's out, <laughs> Saul's got some hope for him, huh? They're talking
2: about Sirhan, Sirhan. You know, you get, you know, I think, you know, it, well, you know, I, I he might get out. Here but, we go, uh, yeah. So, you know, keep a happy thought, but, uh, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, it's, I, to me, that's hope. Not necessarily that he'll get out, but that these two respect each other again. They, she respects – he always respected her, I think, that he res, she respects him. There's some love there. Yep. It's going to be – hopefully they get some visitation going on because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be tricky. But uh, But, yeah, to me – and, by the way, Carol Burnett – God, what an honor it was to work with
1: her. She's, she she's a fan of the show, and that's she how she was a to... fan
2: of Breaking Bad. Uh, I got to uh, Holly and I got to got to know her and her husband Brian, uh, dating back to, uh, gosh, it's been we've known her several years now. And then when this character came up, the opportunity to 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 use this uh, to have this character, I said to Peter and the writers, "What do you guys think about Carol?" And they said, "Oh my God, could we get her?" And thank thank goodness we we did we got her, and she is. Just she made it was a tough shoot, and she made everyone on the crew happy just by her very presence. Yeah. It was really tough with COVID, with Bob Odenkirk yeah. having his, his uh, hard heart failure episode, you know, right yep. in the set, and it was, you know, earlier in the season, and it was just a real slog, a real hard slog to shoot this at the final season. And she just brightened everybody's life when she showed up. All the crew. She's just wonderful.
1: Well, I mean, if I told you when you came in here on our first day in 2014, hey, the season, uh, your show's going to last damn near 10 years. And you're going to get Carol Burnett to finger Saul yeah. Goodman at the very end. <laughs> You'd be like, what?
0: Wait, what?
1: But yeah, that's yeah. what happened. We, we, didn't, we didn't see that coming. Carol Burnett <laughs> fingers Saul Goodman. That's <laughs> what happened. Vince, you have always been so generous with your time. Ah, uh, and so. again, uh, I can't wait to see what you got cooked up next. We are all in. Thank no you, question Rich. about that. Thank you. Anytime. Stay in touch. Vince Gilligan, everybody check out Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, all of it. If you have just watched this uh, and you haven't watched it, we apologize. But uh, yeah, check sorry. it all out again. It's as fresh as the, the first day you saw it. Thanks for being here, Vince Gilligan. Thank Gillian. you, Rich. Back Appreciate to it. wrap up the show in a moment. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, o o o Auto Parts. Helpful and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at OReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's OReillyAuto.com slash Eisen
0: Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
1: um also later this week Michael Mann the director of Heat now the author of the bestseller number 1 on the New York Times bestseller novels list Heat 2 the sequel and they do a lot of what Breaking Bad did they go back in time and flash forward or move the story from the present day on amazing Danny DeVito in Studio uh, on Friday Chrome soft golf balls I use them you should as well I'm just the uh, I'm just the caveman out there <laughs> Your breaking par confuses me. <laughs> so I use the regular Chrome Soft. There is a type of Chrome Soft for your type of game. That's why it's amazing. That's why Callaway knows exactly what they're doing. The Chrome Soft is designed for the widest range of golfers. If you're a little bit better, looking for more workability, is the Chrome Soft X. The Chrome Soft XLS gives you a lower spin. Golf ball, longer shots, firmer feels, still high spin around the greens. Guess what? All of them are enhanced with precision technology, which uses design techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one-thousandth of an inch. That's what ensures they're the highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible. When you add it all up, it's so simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best, and it's better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. You ready for tonight, TJ? tonight? Marcel in Brooklyn, New York. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Marcel? Hey, Rich. Good afternoon, my man. Happy New Yorker. Happy Rich Eisen Show. I've never been watched a show since 2014. You guys are rock. Thanks, oh, brother. Yes. And tonight, the New York Mets and the New York Yankees are the Subway Series itself. Finally. I saw those Amazons and the Bronx Bombers coming together. You might be. No. Oh, it's true. Do you know the New York Yankees and the New York Mets are true, true franchise teams? I think they did. What do you think about that? Well, Marcel, I appreciate the call, and I appreciate your excitement and you tuning in here. I'm uh, Unfortunately, I'm uh, uh, totally confused about what he's referring to. Uh, mm-hmm. All I know is that this is a big series. <laughs> this, is, this is a big series. Are you series. back
0: with baseball now? Uh, I started or?
1: following it uh, around the seventh inning yesterday. Okay. <laughs> the Yankees are absolutely in the toilet. Scherzer tonight. And then DeGrom the next. So this is what's happening. Yeah, turn around. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> this is what's happening. The Mets are treating this series like the Yankees used to. Got to and, win. And, and again, like I said, Garrett Cole got so upset over the weekend, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. There's not a lot of run support coming, so they the Yankees had to make that. Gary Cole had to make that one run stand up, and it looked like he had no-hit stuff and then gave up four runs. Walking people, giving up big hits, and the Mets look like the World Series team uh, of New York.
0: They really do. Oh,
1: man. <sighs> Trying to temper my expectations. Brother, you should bit. just go with it. Nah, I can't. I'm They're sending Scherzer and Degrom against a team that's, you know, I heard Michael K told this story, uh, he, he, not a story, gave a stat mm-hmm. that the Yankees over the previous 10 games had averaged 1.9 runs per game and was a batting average of 174. The last time the Yankees had a 10-game stretch with numbers that bad in those categories was 1914. Ooh. That's how bad the Yankees have been playing lately. And now yeah. comes Scherzer and DeGrom? Yeah, but as we know, I'd I'd sign, I'd sign s- for one run each of the next two nights, right now. Well, you probably only need two against the Grom because for some nah. reason the Mets cannot score runs with this man on the mound. It's it's, it's like Sager back in the day, like Gooden sometimes. Yeah, they've it, always had that. But this, guess what, man? You got the better team right now. That's for sure. That's for sure. What's well, big games I'm, tonight? I feel big good. game tonight. Big game.
0: Good luck.
1: Big I mean, it's tonight. not. It's probably a bigger mean. game for you than for us, but. I want to thank everybody yeah. for tuning in right here on the Rich Eisen Show on the radio. We're back here on YouTube tomorrow. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Thomas Q. Jones will be in studio. We will see you all at that point in time. But we're still here on our YouTube stream. Thanks for playing the music out, Mike. It was, That's yeah, very, good very you I kind of used, to <laughs> Are you used
0: to it. used to No, we do. I, I don't, we don't do for radio. Was that English?
1: I don't know what
0: that <laughs> was. We, I play on the last <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do want to.
1: I do, do want to say something here. I do want to say something here, and I, 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 I don't know how mu- how long this is going to last. But um, as you know, we went away for uh, COVID, you know, for a while, and we just were we did some shows on our. <clears throat> on Zoom for a couple weeks, We did, right? yeah. yeah. We did a couple weeks on And Zoom. as you know, to a ton start, of yeah. television outlets saw the Zooms and saw all that stuff. And I was genuinely concerned that the sports world would go away from premium coverage. Yeah. Or, or the regular coverage that you would normally assume for a broadcast or for a show would now be considered premium. Right? And so everyone would start doing things on the cheap or doing things on the Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I saw just last week, and as as of this current statement right now, it is happening that the Portland Trailblazers are going to keep Kevin Calabro and the rest of their top-notch crew off the road calling games, road games, from their studio in Oregon. Oh. Hmm. And it's just like, was... Paul Allen, not the richest man on planet Earth, Did, they, did he did he <laughs> What's up with that decision? The trailblazers are just... jeez, really gonna, 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 in this day and age now, not send their crew on the road, Which by the way, is exactly where all crews, all announcers get their best stuff. And they also know what's going on with the team because they're on the road with them. They Everybody bonds together as a unit on the team as well as those who cover the team. And those who cover the team get a lot of respect from the players because they're also going on the road too. Right. They're humping it on the road also. So, hey, Trailblazers, if you want to be considered a, you know, major franchise in this world where everybody's looking at Damian Lillard to wonder when he's going to tap out on you and he says I'm, I'm here for you and I'm here for Portland and I want to win here what are you doing yeah, TV and the radio crew. What are, what are they doing? Like, that's what? going to be a delay this as the, well, right? No, but, uh, well, you guys, be, I do it all the time. It doesn't it's matter. Not. You're not there. You're not yeah, seeing no, the crowd. You're the not the seeing what's going on. And it's totally fine if you're if it's during the pandemic and everyone was operating. There's only Nobody. option. Nobody's not operating. The announcers Nobody's operating should this be way there.
0: The crew does not all. Need this to is be the there. NBA. No, I get it. The announcers need to be on site. I get that because I do both.
1: But the crew doesn't. No, I you understand. Can totally that, I, yeah. that I understand. See, and I understand, a, totally, you know, I, I've totally I'm understand. I love it. I'm talking about the announcers. And, no, those, announcers and, those, to be there. and those that need I to be there it. as part of the yeah. crew with they the have. announcers. Of course. Of course. You know, and so this is the NBA. There's 30 franchises in the NBA. And the Portland Trailblazers are one of them. And coast to coast, they are getting the, personally, I feel, raw deal that they can't build a winner there. And the fans are so diehard for this team. And Calabro is one of the best play-by-play guys ever. They're lucky to have him. I hope they reverse this.